Hi there, and welcome back to the Life Echoes podcast. And today I want to talk about myself. I want to share my story, my lessons that I've learned through my way. And then next time it'll be someone coming on and talking, which I'm really excited about. So I'm going to start. I have a few talking points about 10 odds so let's see how many we get through and yeah I want to start with journaling first so through my journey with journaling um, I originally found myself in quite a a toxic mental state Um, what I mean by that is with thinking toxic thinking and really just living in a state of constant thoughts coming into my head And I really needed a way to release this. Um, And while in a very, still very mind-orientated state, I found that journaling was a way to create space for me, to be able to release, to ease the mental load, which I had. Um, And another beautiful thing that I found was that through journaling with paper and pen, it gave me a break a disconnect from technology, which caused a lot of my problems, to be honest. And it still does, although now I'm using technology in a different way. And also this beautiful microphone equipment. Um, So, yeah, there's always a flip side to everything in life. And I found that journaling was almost a form of meditation for me. It really allowed me to get down what was going in my head or what just happened that day on paper and freed my mind of those thoughts, those worries, those regrets. And I also found that voice notes are a great way to do journaling. You don't send it to anyone, you just record it as a voice memo, but it's also quite interesting to verbalize instead of writing, because you have to think about what you're saying, which means that you can process it in your head. Yeah, and I found that that was also very useful and quite powerful tool that I utilized through and still on my journey. And this leads into meditation, which was a massive help for me and still is now. So basically when I was a child, I think I was about six years old, five, six years old, I got diagnosed with ADHD. And for me, this was quite obvious because I had a constant stream of thoughts in my head. And it also meant and still means that I find it quite hard to do tasks, even if I find enjoyment out of them and I know that I'm going to enjoy this task. I find myself procrastinating and really trying to avoid doing it. And I was told that these things were different from others, especially the constant stream of thoughts. I was told by my therapist that this isn't normal, this isn't how other people are in a normal state of being, which I found years later was actually false and near enough everyone lives in a constant state of thoughts. And this was one of the things, one of the first things that I actually had to dismantle, the first belief system that I had to process 
and then remove because it wasn't useful for me anymore. I didn't need to believe that I was different from others. And meditation was also the catalyst for me to really open space and allow for real change. Journaling allowed me to clear my mind so I could have a clearer head. But meditation allowed me to disconnect from the mind and really just focus on the inner peace and awareness and also the role of the observer. And I can highly recommend meditation to anyone. And the platform that I use for meditation, you may have heard of it, it's called Headspace. And that was already the start of my journey through meditation. They have courses from beginners to advanced to expert. And it's just a really great platform I found. And it also gives you the option to have different voices do the meditations and also all different types, sleeping meditations, focus, you got SOS as well if you're in a panic attack or something. And you also find that in my link tree, I've linked a 30-day guest pass to Headspace. So if you feel like you want to try meditating or need meditation in your life, then you can click on that link and get 30 days free access. This also is not sponsored by Headspace. Um, I just absolutely adore the platform. I really love what it's done for me. And if it can help someone else, then that would also be amazing. And further along my journey, I started joining men's circles, um, which we would normally do a meditation to drop ourselves in and then start the call as a collective in the same mind space. And through that, I learned lots of different methods and also in intentions behind meditations. In my most recent men's circle with my good friend Rex from England, we also got the opportunity to lead the men's circles and do meditations and lead meditations for the group. And that also helped me articulate how to guide a meditation. For me as well, plant medicine was a massive part of my journey. I found that journaling and meditation helped create space within me, but psychedelics changed my view of the world, my mindset. And through those experiences, it really pushed me to change. And one thing that I found was that the setting was so important, especially to be in nature and to dedicate the experience for growth rather than party and escapism. And through the disconnect of the mind and realizing how connected we are to nature, how at one we are, I really went through a death and rebirth process. Because how can you stay in your mind if there's so much beauty that you never see, that you never actually concentrate on? Because you're just stuck in your head thinking about things. And a prime example of this is, I remember it was one of my biggest trips that I did. And I had two minds. I had what I will call my trip mind, and I'll have my normal everyday mind. And I remember it was about halfway through the trip and my normal mind said, huh, 
you have to go to work on Monday and you need to do this and you need to do that. And, oh, did you remember to close your bedroom door? And then my trip mind just said, wow, but just look at this tree, man. Just feel the bark. Look how beautiful it is. And that was really the first time that I experienced a different way of thinking and being. And ever so slowly that started to trickle into my normal state of being. And now it's a very present part of who I am. And this topic also falls uh, into escapism and toxic traits, which I'm going to talk about now. So even though I've been through all of this work and processing and altering the way that I think I am and I act, life is still a roller coaster, and it has its ups and downs. But I found that through going through this journey, the highs hold so much more energy and are so much more deep, so much more love involved. But the lows are also more painful, so much more painful to the point where I've questioned whether I'm better off for starting on this journey because you, your highs and your lows are very much more exaggerated. And I've been through quite a few lows over the last six years of being on this journey or even longer and they're really hard and I do have to thank my friends and my family that I have around me um without them I may not still be here so thank you and I also found that drugs when taken with the intention of partying also turned out to be the cause of my problems <laughs> while I was wishing for them to be the solution, um, which really drove home the belief for me, the feeling that the intention behind every action, especially with drugs, is essential and key. Really, really important. For me also, social media and music was another way that I escaped from my reality as well as seeing friends i really used seeing friends to escape having to spend time with myself i can't really say why i don't like spending time with myself because i haven't fully understood that yet that's actually something that i'm working on right now um, but since moving back to vienna i've actually started doing things for and with myself and it's beautiful like the other day I reached out to a few friends but they were busy so I decided to go to the Sigmund Freud Museum which holds quite a special place to me and I just had a beautiful time just on my own exploring the life of someone who has a massive impact on me um, I said that I went through quite a few low moments and uh, through a few of them, I was going to therapy um, and I actually chose the Sigmund Freud University to get help, um, which if you're in Vienna, Austria, and you are 
looking for therapy, possibly it's a great idea, is actually uh, university students that provide the therapy and they look at your wages and then change the cost to what is feasible for you. So if you're looking for some help and you don't have a lot of money, then I would highly recommend checking them out. But just be aware that different philosophies may not resonate with you properly. So for me, I found that the philosophy behind Sigmund Freud didn't really fit with me, which could have caused a few more problems, to be honest. (laughs) Another thing that I've gone through is um, with relationships. So I've always had the belief that I'm not good enough for someone or for their love. And this has caused many blockages over the years when it comes to either trying to find a partner or build a friendship and then also staying with them. Um, It's definitely been quite a tricky topic for me. And in the past, I found that I was quite dependent on the partner. And through going through this journey, I found that it switched to finding my role in the relationship as the healer, regardless if that is an intimate or platonic relationship, which would cause pressure on myself. Because to be, to choose the role of healer, I really wanted to be the best version of myself for that person. And that puts pressure on myself and also the other person involved. And I feel that that is not fair. And it's definitely something that I'm trying to work on now. Because, yes, I can try and be the best version of myself. But I need to have fun in the act of relating with people Because if I try to be my best and I set that as my goal, then I'm missing the point of just relating with people and being your true, authentic self. And if it doesn't fit, that's completely fine. That person will leave. But if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But now I find that I'm in a very good mental state. I'm really happy with the place that I'm in now. Um, but all of my friends are in relationships now, or nearly all of my friends are in relationships. And I'm really just sitting and observing the lust for sharing with a partner, but also enjoying the feeling of the self-love that I have and also the happiness I hold within for my friends, but also for myself and the work that I've done and the place that I am now because it's, yeah, it's really beautiful to see. And I hope that it's also beautiful for people externally to see the change that I've been through. And I hope that it's for the better. And with this belief system of not being good enough, I found myself trying to make up for who I was as a child and I definitely wasn't the best child um, so I do I do apologize for that from mum I am I am sorry 
I think it also had something to do with not being understood, which for me and the ADHD, it just amplified that quite a lot. But moving back to England in 22 is a prime example of me doing something for someone else and not myself. And I feel that was a move for my family but also because of who I was as a child, I wanted to be better now. And the reason behind moving to England was to be a more present figure in my family's lives, and especially my sister's, as she, um, she now has children. And because of COVID and lockdowns, because I lived in Austria and my family lived in England, our lockdowns never never coincided so it was always you can't travel so I think it was around 18 months I hadn't seen my family and it just yeah it was pushing me to be there for them but I soon realized that this was actually done for my family and not for me and which in turn led to me actually wanting to return to Vienna where I left originally. I'm not saying that the time in England was not beautiful, because it was, and I also needed to be there, and I experienced and learned a lot of things while there. But it's very important to be conscious of the decisions you make, because otherwise it can end up with you resenting the decision you've made, and that will impact your thinking and the relationship with the people connected to that decision. And I did not want to let that realization ruin the relationship that I built with my family and with my friends in England. Um, so I did sit them down and explain my thought process. And I'm very grateful for my family and my friends because they also agreed that this is the right thing for me and just celebrated and cherished the time that we had together. And I don't think I would have been able to have that conversation with my family if I hadn't of brought open communication to the table. And this leads into a thought that I had the other day, which is to make a change in the world, you have to be the change. Just let that sit in. When I was much younger on this journey, I went through quite a preachy stage. And I soon realized that it wasn't actually helping anyone. It was more pushing people away from me, but also the ideas that I had. And I realized that if you want to make change in people around you, you have to embody it yourself. You need to embody what you're feeling and allow people to see what it looks like when you have self-love, when you're in a better place. Or another way to say it is in a better headspace. <laughs> and through this work came the need for open communication with my loved ones. And when you're completely open, true depth enters that relationship. And it also has a waterfall effect. 
you being able to be your true authentic self allows for that change to happen in others because they can see the change that you've been through and then want that themselves. Because when someone sees the change and also the work that you've done, then they can use that as signposts to see how they can get to where you are, how they can be happier or live in a less toxic and more healthy headspace. Because that's what this whole journey is about, is to get yourself out of your toxic traits, out of your constant stream of thoughts in your head and live a little, to look out of the window and just see the beauty, even if it's just watching the clouds get blown into your view and then out again. There's beauty in that. But most people look up and then look back at their phone or carry on walking onto their busy life where they have to go to work. And carrying on with the topic of relationships, what I would find is that when I would enter a relationship, I'll be in a very stable state of being, very high vibration, very spiritual. But I'll soon allow myself to lose the connection with me, which would also in turn stop me from doing my spiritual practices just like meditating and journaling and also plant medicine and another symptom of this was allowing two to become one and what i mean by that is when two individuals come together in a relationship you start off as two individuals but the social normality is that you become one, you become one entity, a couple. And you do everything together, you live together, you eat together, you explore places together and do work on yourself together. What I found with reading books and talking with brothers and sisters is the importance of keeping your individuality while in a relationship because in a relationship is a time for growth and learning you still need to be able to have your own time your own space to be able to work on yourself explore see friends do things on your own and then come together and share experiences but not to live one single life and this has been a repeating pattern for me over my past relationships is always falling into this trap of two becoming one. And I found that in relationships, old patterns would emerge, including my high sex drive, which doesn't always match with the partner. And this was very highlighted in my first proper relationship in Vienna which nicely leads into my journey of desexualizing women with the goal of working to build meaningful relationships with women. You may find that during this I'll use relationships 
quite a lot, I will say that. But what I mean by relationships is intimate and platonic. So a relationship for me can also be what you would call a friendship because it's all just relating with someone. So my actual journey with desexualizing women came from me getting quite close to a friend of mine that I met and I read the signals wrong, which I think all of us have done <laughs> at some point in our life. But after being put in the friend zone, I really had to decide if I was going to let my ego destroy the relationship that we had built or if I could somehow find a way to keep the relationship but be at peace and also happy with the knowledge that it will not go any further. And through this work, I realized that men still have what I like to call a hunter mindset or a hunter mentality, which is very obvious when it comes to highly egoistic men. And I'll just dig a little bit into that. So back in the days when we lived in caves and we hunted for our food, we had to prepare for the hunt, then go out, stalk the prey, kill it, and then bring it back so we could feed our families, our communities. But nowadays we don't have that. If we want to eat something, we step out of our front door, walk to the nearest supermarket and take something off a shelf. That part of us is still there, but it's not being used anymore. But there are examples that you can see that mindset, that mental pathway is still being used. And from my own personal experience, I found it very prevalent in clubs and bars where men will go in with the objective of finding a female to sleep with or to, I don't know what. And they will hunt their prey. They'll follow them. They'll try and talk to them. If it goes well, then they'll go home together. But if they don't, then they get angry and aggressive. And I really found this disgusting. How we as men can do this. But also how I was doing this. How I was viewing women as just their body and not who they actually are. And this isn't a conscious thing, this is subconscious. And I said, enough's enough. I need to stop this within myself. And that was kind of the catalyst to start on this journey. And through being able to look at a woman instead of just at the body, I was then able to build meaningful relationships, friendships with them. Because I wasn't just interested in the sexual part of a female body. I was interested in who they are, what they're like, how they hold themselves, what their interests are. Just like I'm interested in how my male friends' lives are. And that was really beautiful. And I think this is a topic that I definitely want to talk about more in depth. And possibly with... One of the guests who's 
going on this journey or has been through this journey, I would definitely like to dive a little bit deeper into it with them. But another massive major factor to this journey was no masturbation, which I was quite religious with. Um, I would go for half a year without masturbating and that also really helped me to do that work to step away from the porn industry because that is in my opinion it's worse than smoking tobacco it's so addictive the dopamine hit that you get from it but also it just reinforces the sexualization of women and of males because I know that there are two sides to porn and it also made me work slightly with the high sex drive. And I think I'm just gonna finish off with this last topic, which is my purpose in life, which was quite a tricky thing for me to figure out. I would be in men's circles and hear these brothers who seemingly had it figured out, knowing what they wanted to do. And there was me comparing myself to them, thinking I have no fucking clue what I want to do at all. No clue. Until it hit me, because it was right in front of me the whole time. And I've realized that I've had a calling to simply help others. It seems so simple and so small, but each and every one of us can have such a big impact in the people's lives around us and also extended. And I found that through creating space and holding space for people, I felt the most energized, the joy that I would get when I'd see that I've helped someone have a realization by themselves was just so beautiful. And I find that those moments are just full of love for me. And I just feel that this is something which needs to happen, but isn't so readily available to everyone. And if I can just hold that space for people and help, that makes me just so full of love in return. And there was also a calling for me to create containers for people to experience transformation. So hence why I'm making this podcast, this container, because it's the hope that this may help, even if it's just one person, but it will help them change the way they live, they think they are for the better. And I also want to do that work with psychedelics because I feel that in the right setting, they can be life-changing. And I'm looking to create experiences for people, be it plant medicine or meditation. I really feel like this is something which my close ones that surround me could benefit from and also people externally as well to experience psychedelic trips in a growth setting in nature to really connect and feel the oneness with life but also with meditation to show that there's a different way of being um, I feel that that's very important and I'm really excited to crack on with that work preferably when it's warmer outside I do have to say and this all comes full circle to the reasoning behind creating this space and yeah 
I just want to say thank you for joining me on this podcast. And I've also added a link tree in the description and on my Instagram. So it has a link to my Headspace 30 day guest pass. It also has a link to my Telegram. So you can send me a text and just give me a little bit of feedback. Or if you want to reach out and come onto the podcast, then please do. And yeah, without your help, without you giving me feedback, if there's something that you think could be changed or I could do better, then without you telling me, without that open line of communication, there will be no change because I don't know that there needs to be change. So please reach out, let me know how it was and looking forward to speaking with you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.